Hey, you ready? I know. No, that was gonna that be, was your gonna be the longest intro. Hey, ever. hey, it's a me. No, that's it's just no, a wee the the sweet and spicy bacon burger. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Sweet T and D. Oh my gosh! You were... It's Sweet T and Dungeons. Yep, we forgot the dragons. Couldn't bring him in. I know that was a dick joke, and I'm just not going to address it. I don't even understand. What's going on? I messed up. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's the seventh episode of Sweet T and D&D, and we still don't have our shit together. So uh, it's D&D with the added bonus of Sweet Tea. Grab your glasses and your asses, and let's get ready to learn about the legends of lore of D&D. <laughs> I really wish I would have had you read that to me before we started nope. recording. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get for letting me prepare in advance. <laughs> this was not agreed upon by all parties. <laughs> I'm tired of saying legends of lore and lore not legends of lore legends of lore legends, legends of, of lore. legends that are legendary uh, <laughs> would you like me to go first or would uh, you like to go first? uh i don't remember who went last time but i'm gonna say you it can go was first. something an intellect devour so i went second so they need to go first so hey you went first it was banshees either way if you're listening to these in this random order, you're welcome. Uh, I'm going to talk about Mind Flayers because I mentioned that I would and I keep my promises. Uh, they can be found on page 221 of the Somebody's month. Somebody's a good noodle. Aren't I? I texted that already today. Yep. So uh, Mind Flayers, which are commonly referred to as illithids, originally appeared in first editions. And they just look like somebody put a squid on a human body and gave it claws. Uh, they are the scourge of sentient creatures across countless, countless worlds. They are psionic tyrants, slavers, and interdimensional voyagers, which has like a cool title to it. Uh, they are insidious masterminds that harvest entire races for their own twisted ends. Mind flayers control empires that span many worlds, and they love scheming and trying to reach as far as possible. They spend most of their time in the Underdark, unless they're coming up to the surface to scheme. Um, on a physical description, which Jamie has now started to draw, uh, you can see our own drawings and others on our Twitter and Instagram, so you can see our dungeon doodles there. Uh, it has four tentacles that snake from its octopus-like head. I said squid earlier, but it's an octopus, because I know the difference. I don't. Uh, they have long purple fingers, but lack the index fingers, so they're really bad at flipping people off. Uh, it's almost all past edition images. They're shown wearing robes and look like they should be staring out of windows holding a scotch glass or spinning around in a chair holding a cat while sucking its brain through a bendy straw. What are you doing? You said it's missing its index finger and I was I, like... It's missing its middle finger. You said index. I said and middle, I, you I, said index and I was like, whoops. that's... Okay. <laughs> it's missing its middle finger, which is what I'm currently giving the rest of this crew and cast. And you'll look just like... For your description, which you've already started, and I can see it from here, and it looks majestic. It looks like Gary in the library from SpongeBob, where he invades his dream. It's kind of where I'm going for Or Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean, but without the middle finger, and it's also purple. And the weird accent that he had, like the oh. gurgling at the end. You're welcome for that. <laughs> for those who wear headphones and listen to this, I'm sorry. So, baby, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> so, they are psionic commanders who possess the power to control the minds of many creatures in the Underdark. They prefer piracy. Piracy. Uh, they prefer probably piracy. They prefer privacy and communicate telepathically, even when commanding their thralls. If their control is resisted, they send in a thrall to attack. Their thralls are just bodies to throw at their enemies so that they can escape if they're in harm's way. 
Uh, they function under a hive mind colony and are generally led by an elder brain. A single mind flayer are likely rogues and do not belong to their group. And the elder brain can communicate with all mind flayers up to a five mile radius as they are like the ultimate internet up to five miles. Uh, they consume the minds of sentient creatures. They feed on hormones, enzymes, and psychic energy like morning coffee to keep them going. Uh, when they are healthy, I put that in quotes, they secrete a thin glaze of mucus, much like I do in the morning. Uh, <laughs> make sure your mind flares are properly lubricated before you start your adventure. They experience euphoria when consuming the brain of humanoids as well as their memories, fears, and personalities. They harvest op- they often harvest brains just to make intellect devours, which I mentioned in our last episode. They have their own language similar to Braille that they use to communicate. Is I think of it as kind of like thieves can't before the underdark, and you have to cast a spell to understand it if you do not speak it. Uh, they have the mental prowess to control troglodytes, grimlocks, quagoths, and ogres. And lastly, their history is so long that they have been warping the races of the Underdark, including Githyanki, Githzerai, Grimlocks, and Kuatoa, the lovely fish people of the Underdark. Um, For the stats end, uh, they are medium aberrations that are lawful evil. They have an AC of 15 with a breastplate. They have an HP basic at 71 with a max of 117. Uh, They have a speed of 30. Let's see. Stat-wise, they're really bad at strength and dex with a plus zero and plus one. They have a plus one to con, and then a plus three, a plus three, or sorry, plus four, plus three, and plus three to intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. So they're really good on the thinky-thinky bits. Uh, They are great at saving throws against intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. They know deep speech and undercommon and have telepathy up to 120 feet. And they are a challenge rating of seven. They're not, they're very squishy. Uh, they have advantage on magic saving throws, and they also come equipped with psionics to use as a, intelligence as their spell casting ability with a DC of 15. At will, they can cast detect thoughts and levitate, and they can also cast dominate person and plane shift, though it's only self only once per day. So that's their best way of escaping is through a plane shift. Uh, they have three actions in their turns, or they have three actions, one of which can be tentacles, which is a plus seven to hit. <laughs> Yep, you're welcome again for those wearing headphones. Uh, as long as the target is medium or smaller, they are considered grappled with a DC 15 escape and must see a DC 15 intelligence save or be stunned until the grapple ends. And of course, these tentacles are from their mouth, not their hands. Yeah, picture that. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so uh, they also have what's called extract brain as an action, which is a plus seven to hit. But the target must be incapacitated and grappled by the Mind Flayer. The hit does 10d10 piercing damage, or 55 if you go without the roll. And if the target is reduced to zero hit points during this attack, the brain is consumed through it like a bendy straw. Or a mosquito proboscis. Alright. So, lastly, they have Mind Blast. It recharges on a 5 or 6 on a d6 roll. Uh, It's a 60-foot cone of psychic energy. It has a dc15 intelligence save, or they take 4d8 plus four psychic damage and are stunned for one minute. They can repeat the saving throw at the end of the turn. But since they're stunned and they get to come back around on that next turn and suck its brain out, you're kind of screwed when one of these things gets close. However, they're still squishy and should not be used in up close combat. They should use thralls more often than anything. So that's kind of the tactics of it is throw as many enemies that you can at your players. That would be thralls like troglodytes, grimlocks and everything like that. And then those guys will be like, I've got schemes to do. I'm going to teleport out of here real quick. 
Uh, there is one variant, and it is, uh, well, there's others from other books, but in the Monster Manual, it is uh, the arcane versions of Illithids, which go up to a CR of 8 and increase their XP gain for as well. They have a DC 15 save for their Arcana skills, and they have a plus 7 to attack spells. And they gave the fo- they gain the following wizard spells, which are on page 222 of the book. And I didn't want to write them down because they're in a book. So they know the following wizard spells. They know cantrips such as Blade Ward, Dancing Lights, Mage Hand, Shocking Grasp. Uh, first level, they have four slots. Detect Magic, Disguise Self, Sheep, Sheep, Shield, and Sleep. Sheepskin. Sheep sleep. Uh, they <laughs> have three th- second level slots, Blur, Invisibility, and Ray of Enfeeblement. Third, three slots, which is Clairvoyance, Lightning Bolts, and Sending. They know Confusion, Hallucinatory Terrain for fourth level, and they have three slots of that. And then lastly, Telekinesis and Wall of Force at fifth level with two slots. So they can be pretty challenging if they're at a low CR for your party, especially when they're now at eight. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, though, is that these magic-using ones are outcasts from society. Uh, the good example of this is Clarota from Critical Role. He was an outcast elephant because he chose Arcane instead of Psionics. And so he did his best to befriend the party, only to lead them to their... Oh, spoiler alert, to lead them to their doom. <laughs> You're welcome. It's a little late, but hey... It's campaign one. Get your shit together. Okay, so once upon a time, there was a vampire, and his name was Golthias, and he died. <laughs> what? It said he died in a forest. and Oh, no, no, no. Well, he died like a forest, but he got staked through the heart, and some love-struck dryad or druid took the stake, and thus began the blights. <laughs> I was like, this sounds like a really interesting fanfic. <laughs> no, it's true. It was all written down. I was like, that's cool. So I guess she made it sprout and then it made a tree. And then it, the tree, of course, pollinated. And that's how blights sort of just became. And if an area is ever touched with evil, then Golthias trees, as they're called, had no idea, um, will start to sprout up and make twig blights, needle blights, and vine blights as applicable. Um, I'm doing the needle blight, um, which I didn't know could probably only be put in a corner for forest because they're the only trees that have needles. So there you go. They're medium sized creatures. They're neutral evil, AC of 12, about 11 hit points, pretty natural speed of 30. They're not exactly great at anything, but they're the worst at charisma. They're not nice looking. Um, they have a three. A three in charisma. <laughs> What's the negative modifier on that? Uh, negative four. Oh, they're ugly. So they're not going to convince you of anything, but they'll just like, I imagine it like a porcupine, just like flexing all those spines come out because it can launch them at you. I think that's great. Um, it can't be blinded or deafened. It has blind sight to 60 feet. And beyond that, it is blind and a passive perception of nine. It understands common, but can't speak. It's a, quarter challenge rating it has its claws which are its needles and then it has the needle itself attack which is a ranged attack so it could just like flex and send all of its needles flying at you and i think that's pretty fun there's not a lot of lore on it and that's really all there is about a needle blight hmm i would use it just to bother characters i think in the forest i've used them a couple times um just as encounters random encounters and they're good just to waste time 
organic speed. We wasted two whole days on these over two weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We That'd be a great story. Oh, shut up. We participated at a local game store and they were doing oh, Curse of Strahd. Curse of Strahd. I always want to say Ravenloft. And that's its Same old thing. it's its old title. Um, we're doing Curse of Strahd, and there's a part where you're going through this forest, and then we did it again. I think when we were doing the online uh, roll twenty thing, did we make it that far? Did you we weren't up? there. We went through there, and you almost died. Thanks. <laughs> hey, I brought you back. <laughs> I tried to kill him several times when he wasn't there. I dropped him into a tiger pit. He almost got killed by needle blades. I don't remember the tiger bit part. I don't think. No, we were in the murder house, and you weren't there. I like the murder house. The murder house is such a bad waste of time. But, and that's what it was. There was probably twenty of them, mm-hmm. twenty needle blights. So we just had to run, and that's how they kind of push you into the murder house because you go through that forest and you get attacked by about thirty needle blights, and you have nowhere to go. And then you come out of the forest, and then there's the the death house on the other side. I thought we were talking about the Wizard of Wines, because that's where we get attacked by the needle bite. I think there's many occasions where there's we get attacked. There's a lot attacked. of dr- pissed off druids in Curse of Strahd. <laughs> yeah, Barovia um, is not nice to, um, to to the natural things around in the area. There's no sunlight, so I guess you just get needle bites. Yeah. So, but yeah, we had to fight all those. I think we tried lighting most of them on fire. We were very unsuccessful, and the owner of the vineyard was very upset with us as well. Which is funny, because they don't have... Like anything with fire. I mm-hmm. would think being made of dry wood, it would be like, no, if you set them on fire, they take double damage or something like that. But no, they don't have anything. It's bullshit. I would, it's a little flaw, I think. Do the others? Yeah, I suppose so. As a DM, yeah, you can change it. Does it say any, um, sorry, I missed the microphone. None of them have resistances or immunities or vulnerabilities. All of them yep. are literally just plants. Yep. That's crazy. Huh. Is a shambling mount uh irrelevant. Irrelevant. We'll yeah. we'll That's go to shambling mount at some point. Haunted house bullshit. In oh the beginning god, it's like at the very, 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 very bottom in the back behind the ground nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the shambling mound. <laughs> and for for the record, the what is the house called? I thought it was called the Murder House. I didn't think, I think it had an actual name. The Murder House, Dark House, Bleak House, whatever it was. It's not bad as like a one-off if you know what you're if you don't know what you're getting into. At this point, we have played or tried playing Curse of Strahd at least three times. Three times. And going starting at the Murder House or whatever the hell the house is called, it was just too much. And I was just like, can we just let's just let the fog take me let's go come on start the main plot Strahd's here he's a lonely fuck boy let's go (laughs) the only real reason that we uh even did it is because you level up in there i think you go from a level one to level four in that house if you do Mm -hmm. the whole thing the encounters are such that they can take you all the way to level four and then you enter barovia at a higher level Mm -hmm. because there's all sorts of tomfuckery going on in, in, in barovia once you get there yep so that was our fun story. We actually played maybe, what, two, three sessions there? I think two. At the game, game store. store, I think we went there three times. Three times, and after that, we never returned. No. Uh, we're Sorry. in the, the great state of Texas, and even I'm slightly uncomfortable when the store owner has a gun strapped to his side while you're there. I mean, freedom to carry. I don't Fine. care. But I'm like, is someone 
is someone dangerous coming here? We're just a bunch of nerds. Why are you bringing We have this? no money. <laughs> we spent it on minis. It's like, why? And why? It's, I don't know. I feel sometimes that having those, it's, it's, this is, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's not needed in the game store. Yeah, what it was also, it the store required that you paid money to play as well, which I'm fine if you're boosting your business, but it's like $3 to play. You could eat snacks or buy something there, but it had to be $3. When we've played at others that were free and then didn't have guns. And so, I don't know. It, but they it, also didn't sell anything snacky at that store either. I won't say what they sold because that's kind of a giveaway, but... Lava pockets. They did sell Hot Pockets. One of our players, <laughs> wherever yeah, he that is place, now. Yes. So we we were the old ones there. We're not that old in oh, general. Gosh. But the DM was probably about my age at the time, which is like 24 or something. And then there was possibly two high schoolers, if I had to guess. If not, they just graduated. And they were... That one kid, the one that you're talking about that always said the Hot Pockets, he had a sweet mullet, man. He had the sweetest of mullets. It was like going back to the 80s. It was majestic. It was so nice. So he was like 16 with his mullet and like the big glasses, the mullet, the collared the polo hot pocket shirt, stains. Hot Pocket stains on it, playing d and I'm like, you're living the dream, man. I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, next... Is you not telling us what to do, <laughs> sir? Um, I didn't describe. Okay, I didn't. Oh. Well, I didn't describe the twig. Oh yeah, or the tw- uh, needle blight uh, as probably as well as I should have. The book only describes it that if you saw it at a distance, you would think it was like a hunched human, like it's someone kind of just hunched over as a humanoid. Other than that, it doesn't give a description. It's medium height. It is made of needles and that's really all you get a medium creature it says it's a medium creature yeah. but medium creatures can get pretty tall so oh you meant like a tiny little like elf that's a twig blight you're thinking of a twig blight twig blights are small they're small creatures they're, they're oh, like they're smalls. yep those are little groups needle blights are mean <laughs> they're you could probably find a picture of them in Curse of Strahd's book. Oh, there is. And there's a picture of them here. Oh. But I don't know how to describe that because... It's a humanoid made of needles. It's a humanoid made of needles. So we're going to talk about the fuckery of Flan, which is where we ruined an entire city. Uh, So we were playing Tyranny of Dragons in Adventures League at the local game store. Uh, We were... uh, (laughs) Some reason they hired our murder hobo group to talk to people on behalf of the entire city for negotiations. With the elven community, and the elven community in this case just happened to be an angry hag named Jenny Greenteeth. The Fae. The Fae. The, the best Fae. Yep. So, um, our goal was to get her on our side because the cult of the dragon was trying to murder everyone and was doing quite well at it, if we're honest. And, uh, instead of talking, you know, negotiations, we didn't. We just approached, and our cleric was just like, I'm gonna do something. I was like, please don't. And he's like, nah, I'm going to do it. And we were like, please don't. Uh, uh, there was, what, six of us at the table? Going, oh, yeah. Please don't. Whole table. Whole table was like, why? Why do you hate us? So, as some people know, because we still haven't talked about hags, uh, they have this illusory... <laughs> I feel personally attacked. And Good. <laughs> I'm... All right. <laughs> Just look at my bad drawing. Uh, so, they have... Fuck your drawing. <laughs> An illusory appearance where they can appear to be young, beautiful women. And so his goal was to get her to drop that disguise. 
which she made the saving throw for whatever spell or whatever he tossed at her. And her response was to all out fight us and attack us, which there was a group of us and a few civilians. She started kicking our asses. And uh, we weren't doing too hot. My character went down. I think you did. I think our producer Garrett's character went down. I think I had to healing word you from a distance because I was invisible because I didn't want to die. We didn't get in the box that day. We should have just gotten the box. Should have hit in the box <laughs> that day. Yep. Let him take it. The one who activated her rage. So, in response to all this, she essentially said, fuck you guys and fuck Flan. I will not support you and I'm joining the cult of the dragon. So, this just happened to be at the end of all of our characters reaching tier 2 in an adventure. Or the beginning of us reaching tier 2. We had finished all of tier 4 for this section. And we were just kind of wrapping it up. And the way this store was set up is they were always doing tier one to get new players to join and play over and over again. And so we were going to have to retire those characters. Anyways, we ended up starting an entire new adventure lease packet for Elemental Evil. And it started off with our characters getting on a boat and just riding away from Flan as it's getting destroyed. Yes, burning in the distance. In the distance. And luckily we weren't chased. We ended up going to, I believe, the city of Molemaster to start the Elemental Evil campaign. Where we had to go on Incest Island. That was way before that. Was that before that? Molemaster is where that. we started at, like, this woman was having a party and we were her employers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the fire dwarves or some. Yeah, nonsense. she wanted us to check in on this kid who had been hit in the head. That's another story, but yeah, yeah. Mole Master ruined the whole town. And the best part is, is that the DM loved to remind us about it in conversation of the game. So it's like, oh yeah, well, where are you guys from? And they're like, we're from Flan. Oh yeah, that place got fucked. Some guys really messed it up. It's like, yeah, some guys really messed that up. If we ever see those guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll teach mess them a them lesson. <laughs> we already learned the lesson. It's never trust a cleric. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. It was us. It was. <laughs> And surprisingly, I think that player was already getting ready to leave. I don't know. We don't really know. He didn't show up after that. Maybe because he burned a whole city to the ground. Hey. But that's what you get for trusting murder hobos for negotiations. Sometimes you got to break a few eggs. No. <laughs> that was our theme for that whole That was when we were tier. on the incest island is where that came from. I know. Great times. So many I love you and miss you, Nick. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about drawings. Okay. Look at mine. That was such such a dapper. So dapper. I need to give him a little a little pimp stick. <laughs> what is, is does he have there's actually one of them that's a pimp. essentially yeah. It's an arcane caster that has a staff. I'll talk about it later, but essentially it's a high level almost elder brain. It has six tentacles. It comes with its own black staff. And when it's about to die or wants to be sacrificed... Does it slap a hoe? No, it does not. (laughs) It instead attaches the staff to the back of its head, which cracks it open, extracts the brain, and then they stab the staff in its body, which then breaks it down into the briny pool that holds the elder brain. Pimps don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to lose money as a pimp... Gator doesn't So what is underneath it? It looks like he's slightly Amish and has the beard Okay, of the Amish. so you said it was coming out of his mouth, and I had just had him with his little beak because we said squid. Yeah, they do so, have beaks. So as you were, I did this as you were describing yeah. it. I was like, oh, I got to go back and fix that. So his mouth is open. <laughs> it is, and that's where they, what they'll do is they'll... Yeah, it'll ah. put, they'll put the opening on the top of your skull and then stab through and extract the brain. That's... 
so violent. <laughs> Very violent. I like that you put his tentacles and his arms on the same level. Or did you, you drew the I tentacles first? I thought they were coming out of like his neck. And yeah, it's very Davy Jones from yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. So, that, yeah. Anyway, I think he looks very dapper. He does look very dapper. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, the one-off you did and the thing that I played um, with the Kuatoa. And, you know, they turn you into a deity when they yeah, believe they in you. Do. So that's what it looks, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, you turn into a crusty crustacean. <laughs> yeah, you turn into like a crab person. It's great. It's great. It's a super cute one-off that we'll have to show I would you. highly recommend so it. It is Fishing for Gods and Strayed's Gallows. It's great. It's great. It's on DM's Guild, if I recall correctly. I think that's where I got it. <laughs> Yours? So don't, don't, don't. Just... <laughs> Yours reminds me of, there used to be an anti-drug commercial that had... <laughs> I was on drugs to draw that one. <laughs> that had, it was very simple drawings, but it, it was like well, the one where the kid's on the chair. He's like, oh, that's Timmy. He doesn't do much since he started smoking pot. And he's... <laughs> and it's so... I'm sorry. I mean, he just looks like he's nervous. Like, <laughs> what if he sneezes? <laughs> Like the little nervous lines coming off of him. Those um, are needles. It, it looks like nerves, but if it was, have <laughs> you ever seen the picture? It's a little way, and he's sitting in a hot tub. <laughs> oh, Somebody asked the question: Is he wearing socks? And the response is: Those are his hooves, you bitch. Just like those are his needles, you bitch. <laughs> Um, and they only go down part of his body. They're not all over his body. I'll add um, more needles if it I'm, makes it look more professional. Hey, you get to talk mess about my bad tentacles. I get to talk about your nervous person. I like that yours has a vest. Does, Mine doesn't have you. clothes. He just he has anxiety. <laughs> and his I'm, little facial expression. All I think I'm is the millennial yeah. <laughs> needle blight. He's worried about the environment. He's trying to kill the toilet paper industry. I don't think it will win. I'm just glad you haven't talked about his foot. His poor little bandaged foot. So just drawn bad. So so when Zach started drawing, he did one foot super good, and the other foot he started drawing the wrong way, but he recovered pretty good. Has like a little sandal on now. (laughs) Like his little sandal. It's like a little sandal. But I love it. I love it so much. And you're going to get to see it on our social media uh, places come mo- Sunday, Monday, Sunday. Sunday. So, well, actually, we oh, drop gosh. these episodes on Sunday for those who catch it on the release day. And then we will be posting our photos on Mondays. I love this so much, guys. I hope you love it, too. Uh, and we had some exciting things happen. We, we finally got our first fan contact from Singapore. And thank you so much for contacting me. I thought it was me. I say me. It's us. I don't have Facebook, so (laughs) nailed it. It made me so happy. I was like, yay! Someone wrote it. (laughs) Someone listens. So we appreciate that. And uh, I I didn't respond because I don't I don't think I have access to that account. Well, you don't have a Facebook. That too. But we appreciate it. Uh, So if you really do want to contact us to tell us your nonsense stories that we love to hear Mm because we have our own and we love to share. 
Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at Sweet T and D and D. Our website is Sweet T and D and D dot because we're too cheap to pay for a domain. Woo! And then lastly, you can find us on Instagram at Sweet T and D and D as well. Uh, send us your pictures, your thoughts, your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if we get enough stories, we're thinking of doing possibly a listeners episode where That'd we just so kind of talk great. about stuff that happened in your game. Because eventually we're gonna run. No, we'll never run out of stories. Some weird things keep happening. So oh, it's a weekly thing. Weekly, weekly. So I hope you're not as anxious as my needle blight. So carry on. I was your gonna day. say something about it. You took it from me. Okay, that's you gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> so my question to the audience for episode seven is: What is your best vicious mockery you've used, whether as a bard or heard as a player or DM? I don't care. Tell us what your best vicious mockery is. You've got a bunch of those. You've got a ton of cool vicious mockeries, but I bet you couldn't remember them. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> I haven't played a bard in over a year. Oh. Except for every day when I sing to myself to sleep at night because I'm so sad. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Bye. Bye.